Hello, and welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different cities, are at three different life stages, and have three different perspectives. They are excited to learn and grow alongside of you. This is a space full of love and acceptance, no judgment, because let's face it, we all sleep in our makeup. Please welcome Lauren, Megan, and Kristen. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week. We have our first guest of this new season on today, Valentina Vergata, and she is one of my good friends. And there was one thing I forgot to mention that is pretty cool about Val. So I wanted to just hop on here and let you know that her and her husband were actually part of Brides Magazine's 2014 Million Dollar Wedding Contest. Pretty crazy. 1,500 couples applied. They narrowed it down to three couples. And then people vote on everything, including the couple. And so they were actually the one chosen. So you should go back and watch that. Pretty cool. But we have a great conversation just surrounding grief and lupus, which her sister unfortunately passed from. And so it's a great conversation just to bring awareness around lupus, but also just chat through kind of common ground when it comes to grief. So we hope you enjoy. Hey, sisters. Hey. (laughs) How are y'all doing today? Good. Good. Got my dragon drink. I'm ready to go. Ooh, I need to get one of those. I need some caffeine. I love it. Well, we are excited to have our first guest of our, I guess, new season after our break. And it's one of my good friends. Her name is Valentina Vergati. Welcome, Val. Hi. Glad (laughs) to be here. Yay. Well, and it's so crazy how we met. So I'd love to tell that story. So Val is a nurse practitioner, right? Did I say that wrong? Nope, that's right. (laughs) And her three beautiful little girls go to the same daycare as my daughter's where Joe used to go and now Rowan just goes. And so I feel like we'd always see each other in passing, just like, hey, hey. And then, of course, I had to go get tested for COVID at one point. And I was like, hey, you look familiar. Do we know each other? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yeah, oh my gosh. And then just small world. It was right when we found out Bobby had to get heart surgery. And I randomly like told you about that. And you were like, wait, what? surgeon and then it happened to be the surgeon that you worked for for 10 years yes I worked there and it was just like I don't know we like were supposed to talk about it at that time I know it was the weirdest moment where you I sat there and I was like I had an overwhelming feeling like oh my gosh I feel like we were supposed to meet and then you happened to just open up about how after our mom died you were like wanting to reach out because you lost your sister really young and it was just like a crazy moment and then we ended up like going to lunch after that and yeah I guess the rest is history. Yeah, it was perfect. We like clicked immediately. It was perfect. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it's crazy how in grief, I feel like God brings the right people to you at the right time and who you're supposed to talk to. And, you know, how long ago was it that you lost your sister, Val? I lost my sister in March of 2012. Wow. And it feels like long ago, but not long ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. I'm so sorry. Was she older? She was younger. She was 23 when she passed, and she actually passed away at the hospital I was working at at that time. Oh, Oh, wow. Gosh, that's hard. Yeah. Gosh. And how long did you work there afterwards? I didn't stay working there for very long because it was just so hard, but I ended up leaving that particular hospital and working for the, like, Baylor system. So I floated through, there's several hospitals in the area that they have, and so I did that instead. Okay. Oh, man. 
I just wow. can't imagine. Like, I just know with my sisters, we're just such best friends and like our mom too. So it's l- literally like losing a piece of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's like losing this part of your heart and like, you can't explain it to anybody. It just yeah. like, you I can physically feel that pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know. And I remember you talking about losing her and it felt very like similar to how I felt when we lost our mom. And so it was just like crazy. It's not something people understand until they've gone through it yourself themselves. It's kind of like in a silly, I think I've said this before, like you don't know what it's like to have a baby until you have one. It's very similar. You don't know what it's like to lose somebody that close to you until it happens. Just the pain is in, no, indescribable. For sure. And honestly, and, and I try not to tell people like, oh, I know exactly how you feel because your relationship with somebody that you love is, I mean, every relationship is different. And so even though like mm-hmm. it hurt, like it pained me so much and it still does to lose my sister, I can't, I don't know exactly how it feels for somebody else because that relationship with them may have been different. Yeah. Totally. Well, and you don't just lose, you know, or this, uh, when someone said it to me, I was like, oh, that's just so true. It's like, you don't just lose a sister or a mom, you lose so many other things, you know, like, like your best friend or like your, you know, the chef in your house or whatever it is, you know, you lose just like a mountain of things. So I get, I get totally what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, it never goes away either. I feel like sometimes people don't know the right thing to say and they don't mean to be hurtful, Mm -hmm. but they say things that are like, oh, well, time will make it better or they're in a better place now. And, you know, you can't help but think, really? Because I think a better place to be here with me (laughs) or, you know, or, or like, I don't know if it ever really gets better with time or you just get used to living your new normal life. Yeah. 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 That's something that we've definitely learned and especially coming up on our mom's one year anniversary is less than a month away, which is just wild. But I think that there was this one visual that I saw and I felt it just really resonated when it about the grief topic, which that's not what all we're going to talk about today, but um, it definitely is just part of both of our stories. So, but it was this visual of ball inside of a jar and it said something like your grief doesn't just go away after a certain time, but instead you change and you learn how to grow around your grief. So the ball, Oh, I know it was the top one was like the ball got smaller over time inside of the jar. And then the second one just showed that the jar actually the grief amount stayed the same, but instead the jar got larger. That's a perfect analogy. Yeah. And so it was just like, yes, that's, that's what it's like. So, so for, I do want to just kind of raise awareness about lupus because this is Lauren. And to be completely honest, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know some people that like just, you know, like acquaintances throughout the years that have had it, but I've never taken the time to learn and understand really what it is. So I would love for you to kind of just educate me and our listeners. Sure. I mean, it's, it's tough because lupus isn't just one thing and it it can affect very many people in different ways. So the most common one, I mean, so lupus is an autoimmune disease. So that just means that your body can't, it will start attacking itself. So where like if Mm -hmm. your bacteria or a virus enters your body, your immune system attacks it to protect your body. But since it's an autoimmune disease, your body can't differentiate between itself, healthy cells, and an invader. So it starts to attack itself. And so actually my dad has it and my sister 
had it as well. And it's actually way more common in, for females to have it than males. So it's pretty rare that my dad has it. Interesting. Yeah. And is it hereditary or genetic? You know, I don't – they've never said for sure. I've been looking at some more recent research and they think there is a genetic component to it, mm-hmm. which, I mean, obviously with my family history, I mean, it, it's hard to say that it doesn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I looked it up and it said – there is like a genetic com- component, but it also is environmental. Definitely. So it's definitely. So sometimes if you've like increased sun exposure, that can kind of trigger it, smoking, different different things that you can some you can control, huh. some you can't. Yeah. Right. So what what was what is your sister's name? Oh, her name's Victoria. Victoria. V's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Victoria. So what was Vic? What was Victoria's journey with it? So um, she was diagnosed pretty young. Usually de- being to get to the diagnosis of lupus, it's pretty difficult because there's not a s- specific test for it. It's a diagnosis of exclusion. So they'll start kind of you know drawing blood work and testing for other things that can be tested for. For her, it was a fairly quick diagnosis because you know we have it in our family and my dad has it. And so we died, she got diagnosed pretty quickly relative to other people, but she was diagnosed at 19. She actually had a breast augmentation. And then after that, she just kind of started having symptoms. And I don't know if it's because she had the breast augmentation and then there was a foreign body in her, in her chest. And so if that triggered something or just the surgery alone, but she began having um, lots of fatigue, lots of joint pain. Like I remember her telling me like, oh, I picked up a piece of clothing off the ground and she said that every joint in her hand mm. hurt. Wow. Hmm. And then also another hallmark sign of lupus that you hear a lot of people say is they get a malar rash or it's more commonly known as a butterfly rash. So it's like it's like on the cheeks and across the nose kind of looks like a butterfly. And a lot of people will get diagnosed because they start having that as well. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. So did it just get worse as time went on? Did her symptoms get worse? Like, Yeah, it, it did. She had a lot of fatigue, a lot of joint pain, and hers just seemed to progress um, very quickly because within a year of her being diagnosed, she started having um, some kidney issues where she was like having – she was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease stage three, which is pretty progressive for being just newly diagnosed. And so um, my dad also has that too where they start – you know, starts attacking the kidneys and then they'll do like urinalysis and there's protein in the urine. So it just means that it's attacking your kidneys and your kidneys aren't doing what it's supposed to do. Gotcha. And your dad is, is still around, right? He is. He's had a couple rounds of chemo um, right before we moved to Texas. And so he's been in remission, but he's on quite a regimen of medications. Gotcha. And I didn't realize, so they can use chemo to help there's different types of chemotherapy that they can use for it. Gotcha. And did they try that with your with uh, Victoria? They didn't at first. They had her on a lot of medications, and I think part of it too was she's 19. Yeah. Um, she passed away at 23, so I think it's a hard age. Yeah. To um to be diagnosed with something like that and trying to tell somebody in that age group that you need to change your lifestyle, you can't do X, Y, Z, even though all your peers are doing it. Um, Cause she just, you know, they just want to live a normal life. Um, For sure. But she was on a whole slew of medications. So there's lots of oral medications they can take. So more, most commonly people will be on um, steroids. So just kind of like suppress your immune system. So it doesn't have that, that overreactive 
that overreaction to having everything, you know, that attacks your body. But then that comes with side effects as well, like increased weight gain. Like you'll see a lot of people on steroids, they get like a very uh, round moon type face because of the steroids. Gotcha. And so they actually did try chemotherapy when she was hospitalized kind of as a, like a last effort, but it didn't really obviously work. Yeah. Gosh, I'm so sorry. What? Oh, it's, thank you. What was your favorite thing about Victoria? Oh gosh, she had the best personality. She was Uh just so outgoing and she just loved to live life. And yeah. she was always so like kind and she had just had the she was the most fun person. Yeah. Aww. I don't know why, but she kinda like reminds me of myself just in the little bit you've described her. Um and I think <laughs> she might have been my age. Was she born in eighty eight or eighty nine? She's born in eighty eight. Okay, so I was born in eighty nine. So Okay. Uh, we're very similar in age and I just, I also have some, I don't have lupus, um, but I have a rare condition called IC and luckily it's not terminal. Uh, um, but it, unfortunately there is no cure. And I too was diagnosed at a younger age where I just wanted to live my life and like have fun and do all the things and you just really can't, or you're just going to be in a lot of pain like all the time. So, um, I mean, so you get it. It's it's a hard age to be diagnosed with something that's going to affect you for the rest of your life because you just want to be yes. normal. One thousand mm-hmm. percent. It's it's mm-hmm. oh, it's awful because like you know, alcohol is the number one thing that affect or number two thing that affects my condition. And it's like, hey, I want to have drinks with my friends. Like, what the heck, you know? So yeah, yeah. I totally get it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. so sorry. And what I know for a little while you were connected with like some lupus organizations. Is there anything that like you want people to know about lupus? Because I know, you know, Victoria has like such a legacy and I feel like I feel like people can learn from her story. And so I just didn't know if there was anything that you really wanted there to be more awareness about. I mean, I was involved with the local lupus organization prior to having kids a lot, a lot more involved than, than I am now with kids. But, um, I mean, there's all kinds of like the, I think lupus doesn't get a lot of funding because there's so many other illnesses out there. And so I try to spread awareness on that funding and just even just awareness because some people may have some other symptoms that aren't diagnosed as lupus yet because it can take several years to be diagnosed. So I really, you know, as a healthcare provider yeah. too, want people to advocate for it themselves. So if, you know, you don't feel like you're being diagnosed correctly or the medications you're taking are correctly, keep advocating for yourself so that you can figure out what works best for you or if that's not the right diagnosis for you. Totally. What are the biggest symptoms like for people? I know, I think you mentioned fatigue. Is the, there anything else? The butterfly rash. I think the top Yeah, the top ones are the fatigue, the butterfly rash, a lot of joint pain, and sometimes unexplained fevors can occur as well. Okay, got it. But I mean, for her, she had hair loss, and there's just all kinds of things as it progresses as well. And is it kind of different? It sounds like it's just one of those where as the symptoms progress, it can look very different for all different people. Is that right? Yeah, I can, especially because you have an autoimmune disease, other things may present differently. For example, my dad ended up with shingles, but because he is immune compromised and on immunosuppressants, it presented very differently than somebody who is healthy. Got it. Right. 
Right. Interesting. I don't have you seen this with people with autoimmune issues? COVID really amped up their autoimmune issues because when I got COVID, I didn't even have COVID symptoms. My bladder is what was on fire. And I that's what put me in the ER actually was my bladder symptoms. But Goodness. not realizing I had COVID. So I was just curious if you've seen that as well. With I personally haven't seen it, but that makes total sense yeah. because, I mean, that's where – I mean, you already have a weakened immune system, so it's just kind of, you know, attacking you in a different way. Right. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and also, did you say some – if people are interested in learning about more, like there's, you mentioned you were part of what kind of groups are there or advocates? So a lot of, there's, uh, there's like the National Lupus Foundation of America. So there's that. There's also, there's many um, local chapters as well. So here locally, I think there's one in Dallas, it's in Addison, it's the Lone Star chapter, but there's lots of different um, places locally that people will have like help groups. Cause I think the one locally here will have uh, therapy sessions almost for, for people with lupus so that they can sit and talk to other people who understand their struggles, but they also have one for family members um, as well, because some, you know, they're, they're caregivers and they're dealing with everything too. So I think that's really helpful. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I looked it up. I know it's a long way away, but it says May is lupus awareness month. And I think mm-hmm. if you look up, you can find in your city like where they have lupus walks and different things like that, which is really yes. cool. Yes, we try to do the lupus walk when we can and raise money for for lupus. Are there? I yeah, guess they're I, doing re- like through these organizations, they're doing research on finding ways to kind of help with it or like to cure it. I guess <laughs> there is no yeah. cure, but they've been researching more medications. So since my sister's passed, they've um, FDA has approved other medications that weren't available when when she was alive. Oh, that's around. good. It's something. So yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned her breast on mutation. Oh, I can't even say that. Augmentation. <laughs> 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 because I just learned uh, there was a girl that I know that is getting hers taken out, and she it, she was like, it looks like she has something called is it BPL or BPI where it's breast uh, something syndrome where the I know that there's a big movement now it's for people to remove their um their implants now and I don't know if it's because they are having some autoimmune issues or they're or it's like encapsulating inside their bodies yeah. I have noticed that a lot lately because I think it's so interesting to me because our mom always said that she ha- so she had psoriasis really bad, mm-hmm. um, and she strongly felt it was caused directly from her implants when she got like that's what triggered her psoriasis. Yeah, I don't know how much research is on that, but it makes a lot of sense to yeah. me. I, yeah, I, it does to me too, but I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's just like putting something putting something foreign well, in your body. I think you're gonna your body's gonna create reactions, right? Yeah. Sure, sure. Which, I mean, that's what your body's supposed to do. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, wow, I didn't know there was a huge um, vacation for getting uh, implants removed. That's interesting. I feel like a lot of people, like Christy Teigen, has recently removed hers as well. Like, I think we're seeing a lot Mm -hmm. more people removing them for whatever reasons that they have. Yeah, that's a huge – because of my mom, I I never wanted implants because she felt so strongly about that. So, that's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of how I am too now because, I mean, after having three kids, I mean, would love to get yeah. a yeah. <laughs> Mom makeover, yeah. but I, I don't want to do it because of that risk. Totally. 
I know. And this just popped into my mind, but I'm like, Hey, maybe it has something to do from COVID because everybody had a lot more time to kind of focus on themselves and their bodies and their health. And so maybe it's like a realization from COVID where it's like, Hey, I have all these symptoms that I've been ignoring because life is busy, but I yeah. need to get this out. Yeah, well, and I have a friend who no, got hers no. removed actually, and her other friend threw her like a ta-ta to the ta-ta to the yeah ta-ta to the ta-tas party, and it was actually one of the most fun parties I've ever been to. They did like all these like boob themed games, and the the cupcakes were boobs. It was pretty hilarious. So, and she was getting hers removed, Megan. Yeah, she was getting them removed. How funny! I know. Bye-bye, this kind of reminds me of like divorce parties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't well, expect I uh, our lupus conversation to turn into boob party talk. I, I like know. it. Yeah. Hey, you never were, know where it's going to go. <laughs> yes. Well, what is your kind of number one wish as far as just the message that you want to get out there? You've are, I mean, obviously you've already just shared that you know, just to raise awareness for it in general and to be your own advocate and to get to that diagnosis quicker than maybe you would have been able to. But is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd really like to either just share about Victoria or just about lupus in general that we haven't touched on? I think, but I usually try, I mean, yeah, every year on my sister's birthday in October and also like on the anniversary of her passing on March 12th, I think like the main thing that I always try to share was she's, she was such a bright light in everyone's life. She had a great personality. She put a smile on everyone's face and she was super, she was just kind to everybody. So I feel like every year on those two dates, I always just kind of remind people like to be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just to be like a positive light in people's life because that's what she wanted. I think that's what I say every uh-huh. year. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you would say that like if someone recently or just got diagnosed with lupus, like, would you have any like tips for them what they should really, you know, if anything? I think like I've met some people. So when after she passed away, they did. She was kind of like their spokesperson here locally for lupus. And I did run. I was working the ER still and I'd ran into some people that had heard her story and that like they said that they took it more seriously because of her story. And I feel like people, it's a hard diagnosis because there's not a lot of information out there. But I think if people start getting involved and reaching out to like their local lupus lupus foundations locally, they can get in contact with people that can give them more resources, self-help groups. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, since my sister is diagnosed, I've been pushing more for me my husband, my family, just to kind of take care of ourselves um, by whether it be exercising more, eating healthy, organic things so that we can prevent this from happening or any other things from happening. So just kind of thinking outside the box sometimes, maybe not everything that you may be told by a doctor's office, but doing your own research and 
and seeing what works for yeah. you. I 100% agree. And I will say no offense to I love doctors. They're amazing. And they're all great. My husband's a pharmacist. He's in the medical field. But I learned way more through my support groups for, with IC than I ever did through going to the doctor. So I really think, you know, being your I totally agree with everything you just said, for sure. Although I couldn't be, I also love my doctors and couldn't live without them either. So <laughs> no, and that's the hard part because I, I am a healthcare provider. And so I, I think that there's a lot of things that healthcare providers can help with, but also we don't live, like a lot of us don't have, we may diagnose people with these illnesses, but we don't suffer from them personally. Right. And so I think that there's a lot of value when you find a support group where people can understand you, you feel heard. They may say, this worked for me. Why don't you try that? Like things that we don't think of. Totally. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Oh, really good information. And I, whenever you say environmental, I guess I'm just trying to think. (laughs) So I don't know when it comes to like food, I get really, or I can allow myself to get worked up. Cause like, I know in places like Italy, like it's against the law to put, you know, certain whatever fertilizers or what poison onto their soil. And so it's not just about the food, but also about like the dirt that it's growing in. And so that frustrates me about America just because our, our stuff is just so lax and, and not in our best interest. No, I get it. I did the march against Monsanto. Oh, you uh, did a few years yeah. ago. I did down in yeah. Dallas. So, like, I feel really strongly about yeah. that too. So, I don't know why. Whenever you said, you know, eating organic, sometimes I'm always like, I feel like we can eat all the organic foods here and you know, be gluten free, dairy free, all the things, and it still doesn't compare to being in a country. I don't know why Italy keeps coming to mind, but just where I don't know, it's just different, you know, and. No, it is different. I've been over to Europe and other countries and you can just tell a difference in their food, even like their wines. I mean, it's true. You can tell a big difference. So what, sorry. So to you at the very beginning, you had said something that it's the cause is environmental. Is there anything more to that? That's I don't think it's, I think it's multifactorial. I think that if you have a genetic predisposition for it, then maybe some environmental triggers could kind of set Mm. you, set off that autoimmune response. So I know the sun's a big thing. So, you know, if you're in the sun quite a bit, you know, that can send you into a flare. So for example, my dad, you know, he has it, he loves to work outside. He's really handy. But you can tell when he's been outside in the sun for too long, it sets him off into a flare. He gets like extremely exhausted. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Just like for me, there's a lot of foods and drinks that flare my Mm -hmm. bladder. So it's very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's super informational. And yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea you uh, you could die from lupus. So this is definitely. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it can. I don't know if it's directly from the lupus, but the lupus can attack other organs. So, for example, my sister got ill. It's like November of 2011, and then going into so it set her off into a flare, and then within months she passed away, and she was on life support several times. Um, she had to be traked because they couldn't intubate her anymore. I mean, her kidneys were damaged. Her heart, she's, her heart was damaged. Her, she was having like micro hemorrhaging in her lungs. It just kind of attacked her all over wow. in that kind of short period of yeah. time. 
How long was she in the hospital leading up to her passing? I think she was hospitalized. She spent Christmas, so she probably was hospitalized in December of 11, and then she passed away March 2nd of 2012. And in that time period, she was was only able to get well enough to go home one time, and it was only for a couple days. Gosh, that's hard. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for sharing her story. She sounds like a beautiful, can't be easy. A beautiful person. Oh, she, yeah. She was awesome. She was so fun and just, she was the best. Yeah. Well, I feel like she's with us chatting. We'll be, we'll be your sisters on earth. Oh, you guys are so <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I appreciate that. Oh. I know sister bonds are, are the best. And I think it's awesome that you have three daughters to, to kind of live on the legacy that you and your sister had. It's really cool. Yes. I mean, sisters are the best. I mean, they're just God-given best friends. Whether yeah. <laughs> that is right. We like it way more in our later years than we like early Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I always like Megan's telling her girls, like, y'all are going to love each other. You know? yeah. like, y'all yeah. are going to be best friends. Yeah. I was like, okay, Megan. Oh, yeah, I have the same conversations. <laughs> I have the same conversations with my kids. I'm like, you're going to be best friends. If they fight, I'm like, you have to hold hands yeah. for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I laugh when Megan tells her kids that, and I'm just picturing her, like, screaming at me to get away from her. Like, yeah. stop, like, <laughs> spying on her and all her friends. Oh, my exactly. I know. I'm like, I promise you'll be obsessed later. Well, and it's funny because the second one of them's gone, like, the other one will be like, oh, I miss her, like. I forget what Rowan stayed home sick one day. She had ear infections and a whole day. She was like, I want Joe to be here. Where's Joe? And I'm like, well, all y'all do is fight when she's here. Why do you want her here? <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Like, right. well, I still, oh, I was the same way. Yeah, my girls yeah. do that. Like, I still want her around. I just, you know, I like to fight with her, I guess. <laughs> when you would go off right. to camp, I would like cry and cry. Like, yeah. why is she at camp? <laughs> oh. It's hilarious to think about. No, my girls are the exact same way. The two-year-old and the four-year-old fight like cats and dogs, but everybody loves the baby. But I think it's because the baby can't take any toys or anything. Yeah. (laughs) That's so sweet. I love it. Oh, well, thanks for doing this with us, Val. I'm excited to kind of get the word out about lupus and honestly just chat with you. Um, We typically close out with a prayer. Is that okay with you? No, that's wonderful. Okay. Lulu, you gonna take it away? <laughs> One oh, of these daughters' y'all. name is Lulu. I love it. Oh, oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We call Lucy Lulu. Yeah, Aww. that's it's so been sweet. My nickname. I think my dad came is the one who originally came up with it when I was little. But I yeah, love it. I love it. I love all my nieces and nephews. I love hearing them say Lulu or woo woo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were. I forgot that made uh, me remember at Joe's soccer game. Rowan like screamed across the field woo 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 and I was like Lulu is not here like who are you yelling at yes that's funny she like thought you were there yeah it was so funny yeah okay but anyways yes I will close us in prayer heavenly father thank you for today thank you for bringing Val into Megan's life and in turn into our life and our listeners lives And just thank you for her and thank you for her vulnerability and sharing and some of her life experience and her pain and losing her sister, Victoria. And we thank you for Victoria's story and for her being a light 
on this earth and even years after her passing that she still continues to carry that light and to shine your love and goodness. And um, I just pray that you remind us that you are our assurance and our circumstances are not and that we just continue to seek you and truly receive all that you have for us and that we um, just remind ourselves that for to allow God to be our loudest voice in our life every day and to that's really all that matters and and I just pray that you help us to just receive your peace and your joy that only you can bring us and to go share that with everyone that we encounter with this week. And I pray for our listeners that um, you just permeate into their soul, um, your love and your happiness and your joy and to go also spread that. We love you guys and we love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you again, Val. Bye. Everybody have a great week. Have a great day. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Val. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another week of Girl I Slept in My Makeup. If you like us, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more about us or get in touch with us, go to our website, girlisleptinmymakeup.com, where you'll also find links to our Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And yeah, make it a great week. God bless.